Next on BYU Sports Nation, the first ever early signing day for BYU football. What can Kalani Satake pull off with his staff in transition? Who has signed so far? A quarterback. And who are the return missionaries joining the program in January and August? We'll tell you. Plus, Greg Rebell on how the Cougars' basketball resume got even better without playing a game. And Jeff Judkins on his former teammate, Bill Walton. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Station is live on an early signing day. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Wednesday, December 20th. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with BYUSN preferred walk-on, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, I wasn't on Scully uh, initially, but this internship the last uh, 11 years of BYU has been awesome. Got you on scholarship. Am I? What? Is, it, is this the moment? You're on scholarship. I'm on scholarship. Everybody come in here and oh congratulate Jerem. So Sorry, that wasn't nearly as I'm exciting as I wanted it to be. Yeah, I saw a cool one with, was it Texas Tech? Uh, Rob Gronkowski sat next to uh, Julian Edelman. Julian Edelman. No, or was no, it Danny Amendola? No, it was Amendola who yeah. played Texas Tech. Yes. And uh, they showed a video. and The guy's on scholarship. I love those videos. Those and when, like, the military dad comes home and surprises the family. Like, those always give I'm coming home. I'm always like, <laughs> I'm coming home. Yeah, that's pretty that. fantastic. I love it, those. On, a, on the Patriots team yeah. plane, Amendola, Texas Tech alum, Says, hey, whatever his name was, I've got a, we've got a message for you. And Gronkowski's like, hey, man, you're on scholarship. Like, everyone goes crazy. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That gets me. Those are fantastic. In LDS, in LDS culture, it's the return missionary, right? Like, when he comes home, it's like, oh, two years. Yeah. Will we ever experience anything like that? Is there anything left in our lives that will make us feel that way? Like, a surprise of that Maybe magnitude? when you're – oh, well, I wasn't surprised when I came home. I was like, sweet, I want to go home. Uh <laughs> Extended transfer? No, I'm good. I'm cool. I want to uh, get into school. I want, like, DSL internet at the time. Uh, oh, my goodness. Maybe when our kids come home from missions. It'll be exciting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Very a good. long ways off that, though. Get the emotions intact because it's time for today's headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Welcome, my friends, to early signing day for the first time ever. College football with a three-day signing period in December. We'll have your up-to-the-minute update of the newest additions to the BYU football team throughout today's show. If some BYUSN is good, more is better. A complete recap of the day signings will air in a second live show at 6 p.m. Eastern today with Coach Kalani Satake and his assistants Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki. Men's basketball hosts Idaho State tomorrow, 9 Eastern time, on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Last night on BYU Basketball with Dave Rose, the coach did his best to make us think Idaho State might be a challenge. They're really shooting the ball well right now. They kind of are like us. They got a midseason guy, um, you know, that was declared, that was declared eligible, yeah. and he's a really good shooter. This team shoots the three really well. They transition really well. They mix up their defense a little bit, so... Uh, and, and then they're physical. They got a seven footer, and they, their wings are big. So, um, you know, I'm I'm really excited to see how our guys can kind of put this win behind them and 
and then you know be able to tackle the next you know the next chore here we got and in case you missed it uh you know idaho state lost their first five won the next four so thursday night BYU tv BYU radio last night was my favorite show that i've ever produced any show any show Ever? It was awesome. Beating Utah, 60th birthday for Dave Rose. It was emotional. We did some birthday shout-outs from alumni and current players. Dave Rose, uh, Dave Rose was emotional, man. It was cool to celebrate his 60th birthday. If you missed it, it re-airs Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. It's also on uh, the BYU TV app. At this point, happy belated birthday to, to, uh, Dave Rose. to Dave Rose. Well, we did that yesterday. So. Big 60, right. Yeah. yeah, belated. That's the after the fact. Yeah. Uh, a couple more things on Idaho State. One, don't sleep on them. Uh, I'm going to take a huge nap. Now, don't sleep on Idaho State. Thank you, Trevor Maddich. And number two, Dave Rose has the ultimate trump card if his team ever overlooks an opponent, UVU. (laughs) Okay? And Pepperdine thrice. Just remember, okay? Like, they can't afford to do that. Jimmer Fredette has been a bit under the weather, yet managed to score 23 points, pull down five boards in a Shanghai Sharks loss in his most recent game. Kyle Collinsworth could be on the active roster, by the way, for the Dallas Mavericks tonight as they host the Detroit Pistons. Collinsworth signed a two-way contract with the Mavericks yesterday, so we'll see if Kyle is on the active roster and if he plays tonight. Good for Kyle, man. Excited to see him uh, get his NBA debut. I hope it. I hope it happens sooner than later. Rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Personalized Christmas scholarships. Merry Christmas, young man. Wishing you a warm and safe holiday, and offering you a full ride to play football. For Brigham Young University, college football has begun a new era. The early signing period is open for the first time ever. As mentioned above, a three-day window. BYU head coach Kalani Satake facing an uphill battle in the area that many have called his greatest strength, recruiting, and doing so on the heels of a 4-9 and nine season with a transitioning offensive staff. What can he pull off? And what do you want out of it? Our Twitter question today, what do you want to see from today's early signing period for BYU? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At our Greenhaw, some higher starred athletes, some hogs in the trenches. People who really want to be here. What has this staff accomplished thus far? Here are today's signees. And I'm excited to uh, talk about these guys, man. Hey, we'll update you to the minute as the official documents come in, starting with a couple of hogs in the trenches, as yes. our Greenhaw tweeted about. First of all, offensive lineman Harris Lachance. Okay, this is uh, th- this is one of a couple of offensive linemen that have already uh, come. This guy's returned from his mission in June. He's en- enrolling in January. Six eight two seventy five from Harriman, Utah. I like I like this guy. Okay, he he uh, apparently was uh, kind of a Utah State guy pre-mission, but recruited by some notable schools: TCU, Wisconsin, Washington, Utah, Utah State. So another. Tall, long dude that could play tackle for BYU. Oh, and the video that we just showed on BYU TV was him dominating Bingham High School, Jaron. Oh, that's excellent footage. Is that why you? Is some that the, really why best, you like him? Some of the best footage we could have gotten. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Harris Lachance, offensive lineman from Harriman, is in. As is another offensive lineman from Ogden, Utah, and Weber High School. Tyson Lewis played for one of my good friends, Matt Hammer, and the Weber Warriors. So, Mr. Lewis, welcome to BYU football, 6'5", 270 pounds. Okay, so another another tall offensive lineman. We're seeing the BYU, Mike Empey, and company are going after these tall, 
offensive lineman, first-team All-State selection, recruited by Boise State and Utah State and Oregon State. This is, this is a guy that was trying to be swayed uh, by Utah State, a guy up in Ogden, uh, but a Tyson Lewis. Uh, and and Tavita Elfengawe tweeted out, BYU's director of recruiting, that Tyson Lewis went up against some defensive linemen that have signed at Power 5 schools and, and held his own and did a really nice job in BYU's camps. So Tyson Lewis, another offensive lineman for the Cougars. Yeah, we started with a couple of those big hogs on the offensive line, Lachance and Lewis. Now for one of the more intriguing signings that BYU has ever pulled in, not just early signing or signing day in general, we're talking ever. Stacy Connor, a quarterback, 6'5", 170, or excuse me, 185 pounds. I am unaware of BYU ever having an African-American quarterback. This is a great day for BYU football. Not only Stacy Connor, but Jaron Hall, uh, who is son of Kalen Hall, KJ Hall's brother, is on a mission. He will be back. BYU will have two African-American quarterbacks on the roster. I know people want to avoid the conversation with race. There have not been. This hasn't happened at BYU much. I think this is great. I think it's great uh, to have diversity at that position. That's awesome. Stacy Connor is a baller. 65185. Tavita Elfengawi tweeted that seven years ago, Connor said he wanted to play at BYU, and today he signs with the Cougars. So congratulations to Stacy Connor. He's from Texas. He's LDS. He's enrolling in January. He was recruited by Washington and Cal and Purdue and Mississippi State. Dan Mullen is the quarterback whisperer. Alex Smith, Tim Tebow, Dak Prescott. He recruited Stacy Connor. This guy can play. He's pretty skinny, 6'5", 185, but this guy can play. A dual threat guy, and it makes you wonder how he will be implemented under Jeff Grimes, the new BYU offensive coordinator. So he might be a few years out. Who knows? But uh, Stacey Connor is going to be on this roster. Right now, seven quarterbacks are slated to be in position to compete for the job at BYU in the fall, correct? Assuming that Coy stays. We don't know Coy. Stacey Connor, Jaron Hall, as you mentioned, Jerem, both African-American quarterbacks, and we can't recall a time that that May, has maybe ever BYU's happened. had one or five I I that I don't know, but I, I just think it's a prog- a progressive yeah. move, and I I promise you that BYU wasn't like we know we need to go get an African American quarterback. He's just a quarterback that happens to be African that wanted to be at BYU. I, ju- I just want to take a moment to acknowledge the moment. Three star guy, according to two uh, two forty seven Sports. Yeah. So Stacy Connor, welcome to the family and BYU football to be determined on uh, what kind of an impact he will play as a quarterback for the Cougars. Up next, fourth signee discussed during the early signing day period is Ben Tui-Pelotu, a tight end. Another Tui-Pelotu in Provo. That's right. His brother Hank signed before his mission. He'll uh, come back. Ben, uh, son of Peter, obviously. Peter played fullback from 87 to 91. This This kid was recruited by Clemson. Clemson, NC State, Stanford, Utah, tight end. BYU is beefing, getting these big, strong tight ends, trying to re, uh, reinvent that position. Matt Bushman uh, was the best tight end BYU had since Dennis Pitta. So now another tight end in the program. Uh, and as I mentioned, his brother Hank signed before his mission. Hank will be on the roster coming up this year. The Tui Pelotu brothers at BYU, Hank and Can you imagine? Ben. You go double tight end with the Tui Pelotus? <laughs> I kind of like the idea of that. Oh, yeah, man. Absolutely. Signee number five 
Is Jacob Smith back to the offensive line, another three-star recruit by 247 Sports? ESPN ranked him as the number four player in the state of Minnesota. He made waves in Nike's camp. This is a this is another good signee. Who's going to be coaching him? Maybe it's Mike Empey. We know the offensive coordinator is Jeff Grimes, but BYU is beefing up up front. Look who this uh, kid was recruited by, LSU. Did Jeff Grimes recruit Jacob Ooh, Smith? Right? Okay, Arkansas, Iowa, Michigan, Wisconsin. You- six six three oh five coming out of high school. Okay, he's like he's ready to go. Right? It, rarely is a a freshman offensive lineman ready to go, but I, physically. He fits the mold. And so of the six guys, five guys uh, that BYU has signed thus far, three offensive linemen beefing up, beefing up. And again, a reminder, if BYU doesn't sign a guy today, that doesn't mean he's not signing at BYU. In five weeks or so, we're going to have the traditional signing period on the first Wednesday in February, and then guys can sign then. So this is going to be a partial class, albeit BYU expects to go 10-plus today with uh, their signees. As hectic as this is, the early signing day period, this will make things a little bit less hectic the first Wednesday in February for the traditional signing day. Although I love the uh, hectic nature of this. Today's like a little cooler. It's not as uh, boiling, right? Yeah. Now, I love this part of the program because we get to discuss mid-year guys and return missionaries coming back to BYU football. We put in the work... A couple of years ago for a lot of these guys on signing day. And they come back (laughs) and we learn about them again. But we get to do that together, courtesy of this daily show, BYU Sports Nation. And with the mid-year guys, let's start with the guy that's supposed to be the the revelatory kicker from Heber City, Utah, Skyler Southam. I know, I know, right? He could be the starting kicker this year. And and here are the five guys that are returning and will be enrolled in the January. You mentioned him, uh, Skyler Southam from uh, Heber City. Herkley Latu from Laie, Hawaii. David Louie, a defensive lineman. Latu is a linebacker, by the way. Devin Kafusi, a defensive lineman. Kafusi, where have I heard that name? And then linebacker uh, Jeremiah Iremia. So these five guys will be here in January. The return missionaries have like a 250% chance of having more impact than the, the guys straight out of high school. Although in this signing class, there's a few return missionaries for BYU in the signing today group. But the return missionaries, uh, they, they aren't as physically ready as the high school guys, but they are the ones that are actually playing. The guys that go off on missions, we'll talk about them in a couple of years. Sure. But these guys, these five and the other uh, eight, they're the ones that could make a real impact on this season. Now, as for a, the mid-year designation, that is a winter 2018 semester start. So January, like in two weeks. They'll be ready to go in a few weeks. For the fall 2018 start, we have a handful of guys, and we'll get to some of these names a little bit later uh, through the show and later in our second live hour. But Jaron Hall, we've already mentioned him, quarterback from Spanish Fork, Utah. We mentioned Hank Tuipolotu, his brother just signed on. JT Gentry and Clark Barrington are two more offensive linemen that will help bolster uh, the resume up front for BYU. Safety Drew Jensen uh, from Sandy, Utah. Linebacker Max Tooley from Bountiful, Utah. Defensive lineman Atu Naisa Mahe from West Jordan. That's, uh, that's my neck of the woods. Defensive lineman Darius, uh, don't call me Rucker, Booger McFarlane. <laughs> From Brigham City, <laughs> Darius McFarland from Brigham City. I love that name. So those are the other eight 
Return missionaries expected to be here probably summer semester to get ready for the fall. Start in the fall. What do you want to see from today's early signing period for BYU? Hashtag BYUSN. Coming up, we'll get to the latest on the BYU football signees as they come in. And the man who set up Dave Rose to cry last night, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us in Studio B. There's no crying on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Early signing day, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, hashtag BYUS, and to tell us what you want to see out of the first ever college football early signing day period. Listen, normally at uh, you know 1 p.m. Eastern time, we put a stamp on it, mail it in, we're out, you know. For the rest of the day, we're doing other things. Oh, we don't but today, do we actually have to work in the afternoon. We have a live show at 6 Eastern time, BYU football, signing day. Kalani Sitake, Ed Lamb, Elisa Tuiaki will join us. 6 Eastern time on BYU TV, 7 Eastern time on BYU Radio. What do you want to see from today's early signing period for BYU specifically is our Twitter question today. At Colonel underscore James 83 says, oh, I don't know. A superhero, and yeah. then has Steven Rogers ripping yeah. a tree stump in half from the Avengers. Yeah, BYU did have a Steven Rogers at BYU. He yes. played on the basketball team. That is true. They also had uh, a Captain America-type football player named Taysom Hill. I remember him. Now he's uh, you know grilling uh, with, uh, with Cam from Bam Bams in New Orleans. And Drew Brees. Yeah. <laughs> Blew Cam out to hang out and cook brisket, baby. Hey, come out and make me some brisket on this uh, brand-new Traeger grill with yeah. my new NFL salary. Yeah. I'm the most popular guy in all of New Orleans. I'm the greatest special teams player in New Orleans history. Good grief. Good for Taysom Hill, I say. Joining us now, and good for us to have Greg Rebell in Studio B. Greg, welcome back, man. On, on the first-ever early signing day period. Here we are. Yeah. Good morning, boys. It is, you, it is a good morning. Yeah, what, what do you think of this early signing period? Because normally all the hollow uh, blues in February, here we are in December talking uh, football signees. Uh, yeah, I guess we'll wait to see how it all shakes out. I think coaches nationally seem kind of divided on it. Like, you wanted it, now we got it, and I'm not sure if we like it or don't like it. We'll have to wait and see how it all uh, you know, turns out. It's, it's fine to me. I, I, you know, whether it's December or whether it's February, at BYU, more than other schools, you really don't know what you're going to get for years and years <laughs> and years. And so it's the, you know you you temper your excitement because a lot of the signees you will not see for a long long time and so it's really tough to adjudicate with any BYU recruiting class and and I'm always one of those guys that kind of waits till I'm calling their names on game day you know you really can't tell and uh, I think back over the years and uh, you know Taysom Hill didn't sign with BYU at a high school and Max Hall didn't sign with BYU at a high school and. John Beck kind of snuck in under the radar after his mission. There was no hullabaloo about the three of the best quarterbacks in BYU history. Well, you look at wide receivers. Cody Hoffman. Did anyone really raise a ruckus about Cody when they signed him away from, say, a Sacramento State or somebody else? about Dennis Pitta as a walk-on? And Dennis Pitta he comes on as a walk-on. Yeah. Jamal Williams, Curtis Brown, Harvey Yunga, lower star guys that it wasn't like, we got it. It was like, oh, good. And then they become all-timers. You just don't know. And, and so signing day, December, February, I, I got to wait and, and see how it all shakes out. And when I'm calling their names on game day is when it really, really matters. And, again, I mentioned five, six, seven guys yeah. just right now, all-timers at BYU, who may or may not have been the guy you celebrate on signing day. You got to wait to see how it all shakes out. Yeah, it really is fascinating. It's a slow cook. The last guy to quarterback a 10-win BYU team did not start at BYU, Riley Nelson. And, I'm gonna, you know, and I'll even throw a Christian Stewart in. One games for BYU out of nowhere. It can take all kinds of guys to get the job done. Yeah, you want the Fred Warners who really pan out, the Kyle Van Noys who really pan out. 
Uh, and you knew Taysom would be good, but he wasn't our sign need to start with, right? And so, it, yeah, you, you get the guys you know are going to be good that turn out to be good, and sometimes you have to wait and see just what it all you know, turns out to be. Now it's Jeff Grimes' job to try and figure out all of this chaos, at least on the offensive side of the ball. What was your initial impression of Jeff Grimes following his introductory press conference in Provo? Well, uh, you know, he won the room that day, right? Uh, he certainly looked the part and, uh, and, and portrayed confidence and, uh, and control and uh, the kind of things you want to hear from the guy running, you know, the show uh, offensively. For B- I love the fact, I really love the fact that it's his first um, return gig, right? And he chose it to be, you know, BYU was that job for him. Uh, he's an on-LDS guy that was part of the BYU experience and had it mean enough to him over those three years that he would come back to it. Still not LDS. It's not part of his cultural thing. And, and yet this is a place for him. I like that aspect of it. He's been here, saw it, experienced it as a relative outsider and came back to it. That's one of the factors I like about, uh, about his decision. And granted, the coordinator role is a big part of the fact that it is his first return job. But it had to mean something to him before for him to want to come back to it. And, and, he, and he said with us uh, that day and, and has said since, the fact that there are so many people here at BYU that were, that were here when he was uh, originally in Provo, that means a lot to him, too. A lot of the same faces uh, are around, and that's kind of nice, too. Yeah, homecoming but, uh, sorts. You know, the, you know, he, um, you know, Ty Detmer came to BYU out of, Texas high, out of a Texas high school job. And, and Jeff Grimes' Texas high school experience was, was 24 years ago. He's had 10 schools between then and now, including six P5s. And again, now his first return gig. He's had a lot uh, go into his portfolio. And, uh, and, and while he acknowledges that, yeah, on one hand, I'm a first-time play caller, on the other hand, I'm really not. I've been calling plays for a long time in a lot of different situations. Now I'm the guy calling them, whereas before I was a guy making contributions. But uh, I, I expect him to be good, and we hope he'll be great. And uh, I'm happy he's back. Grimes' LinkedIn is legit, that's for sure. Let's transition <laughs> to basketball. Kyle Collinsworth uh, signs a two-way contract uh, with the Dallas Mavericks. It's great to have another NBA guy from BYU Hoops. You know, he'll, he'll, whenever he makes you know, the big roster, it could be as soon as tonight, right? People will talk about Kyle as a BYU guy, and the 12 triple-doubles will automatically come up. Uh, he set himself in stone uh, as a collegian with 12 triple-doubles, and they'll always be tied to his BYU days for that reason. So I think the more you can mention BYU and the triple-double record, uh, the better. But all credit to Kyle. Kyle was the guy who got this done. Yes, you love the link to BYU, and BYU is a big part of his experience. But what Kyle has done with his game to get to this point uh, deserves a tremendous amount of recognition. Because if there were holes in his game leaving BYU, he's worked hard to fill them to the point where he is now a, a guy that can crack an NBA roster and contribute. Yeah, and that starts with three-point shooting. And his NBA G League team was quick to point that out with a shot chart that they tweeted out the other day saying, yeah. look look at what Kyle Collinsworth is doing from the three-point line. Yeah, again, he filled a hole, right? And, and uh, he continued to work until it became uh, not only just uh, it went from, from liability to, to great benefit and great asset. We talked about this on uh, BYU Basketball with Dave Rose last night, but uh, the pace of play difference for BYU is unbelievably stark. Um, it, it's a stat that almost is pretty crazy. BYU's been you know, top 10 in pace, uh, meaning pos- tempo pa- possessions per game and average possessions. Like, that has entirely changed, and that has changed, I think, BYU basketball for the better at this point. We always knew BYU could play and win a certain way. The fact that you can grind it down, and I say grind it down, the West Coast Conference, from when BYU first joined the league to, say, last season, it went from a fast league to a much slower league. 
and and teams became more of the grinders and the longer average possession lengths and the slower tempo teams. So we knew BYU could play and win up tempo, high possession transition games. Can BYU pull it into the half court and still get what they want? And the answer is a resounding yes so far. Effective field goal percentage, assist rate, just the fact they're scoring a decent number in a lower possession uh, style. These are all very positive things for BYU. And yeah, it's stark. I mean, you, you, you go from top 10 to the 200s and yet you still get the results you're nine and two through 11 it's one thing if you change your style of play and it takes a year or two to figure it out but they've really slipped right into it and uh, credit to everybody involved for making it work that way at nine and two BYU's resume starting to look a little bit better you pointed out on Twitter that Princeton beat USC last night that helps BYU's win at Princeton look a little bit better and bumps the numbers up it appears that BYU will be 12-2, and two, at least according to odds, going into that game with St. Mary's if they can take care of Idaho State, Texas Southern, and open up WCC play with a home win against Portland. So at 12-2, and two, if that happens, I mean, what? What do, you think of, what do you think of those potential numbers for BYU and their tournament resume at that point? Well, historically, they pace for being at least on the bubble. If you are 12-2, and two, say, go, you know, going into the St. Mary's game, 11-2 uh, and two going into league play. And that's what you're looking at is maybe some historical precedents, some magic numbers, and, and, and general indicators. And RPI is one of them. And again, a lot of people love to rip RPI, and it's rippable, right? But, but but, <laughs> Jerem knows a lot about right, that. But, but the committee's also acknowledged, <laughs> we're going to look at it, but we're not looking at it as the only factor, and we're going there to mitigate go. where the games were played home away neutral. And, and that said, you know, what Princeton does last night is one of the reasons BYU goes from 50 in RPI last night to 41 today. Mm. They, they, they mm. have the best RPI in the WCC right now. And again, it's one well, of... Well, well, well. It's one of the six main metrics the committee's going to look at, right? So it's not the only, but it's one of, and so That's it's still in the mix, right? And yet, and the way they balance them is different now. So it's getting better. The committee is getting better how they decide these things. But they're all real numbers that do matter in the end. And, and what BYU did with its non-conference schedule, going out of the Marriott Center for six of 13 non-conference games, winning your three true away games, not a lot of teams schedule as many as three true aways. And only folks in the state of Utah might know just how hard it was to win in Orem and Logan. All right. Those are tough in-state challenges, and not every school will give itself those tough in-state challenges in away venues. BYU did and won in those venues and goes back east twice. And again, not everybody knows how tough it is to go mountain time zone to eastern time zone twice in a week to play three games and win two of them. So I think BYU did a lot of the things the committee will like and respect and admire as long as they can take care of business in the league. And as Dave noted with us last night, it's just a matter of not, you know, see if you can get past uh, the slip-ups that have maybe uh, uh, tripped BYU up in the past in league play. And, and again, the tough, Dave, another Dave Rose quote that I'll always keep with me, the toughest league to win is the league you're in. The challenges are unique to each conference, and BYU's had those challenges sometimes bite them, and the challenges to this year try and get as smooth as sailing a league slate as you possibly can. Yeah, There are lots of stats that matter, but none more than the one you will present to us because it is called a stat that matters. For this week, at least. So, uh... 70, you know, we're, yeah, we're going to go to that 70s show today. Uh, spin around in a circle and we'll all look <laughs> at the camera. 70 is the magic number today. Uh, BYU, when it scores 70 or more in the Dave Rose era, BYU wins 83% of games. That's a pretty good number. If, you're, good. In the, if you're in the mid-80s, that's a, that's a good win-loss correlation number. So when, you're, when you get to 70 or more, you're in pretty good shape. When the opponent is held under 70, that's when things get magical in the Dave Rose era. Oh. 96% win rate when the opponent doesn't get to 70. And that's happening a lot lately. In fact, each of these six wins that BYU's had have been uh, the opponents scoring fewer than 70 points. And as Dave is quick to note, 
Part of that is tempo-related. There are fewer possessions, fewer uh, possessions available to score points, and so the number's down a bit. But it's not just that, right? There's a lot more going into it than just tempo. And so as long as that number stays in the 60s or 50s, BYU is going to continue to win a ton of games. I think 96% is a pretty high number. Okay, well, yeah. good luck with uh, yeah. one-upping the stat that matters with a cool thing about Canada. And we have the Canadian Hydro Flask back in Studio oh, yeah. B. Here we are. Uh, here we go. Yes, line it up for the camera. Show everyone that beautiful hydro flask. <laughs> it's not a water bottle. Now, so so uh, is it okay? I hope it's okay to give a shout out uh, to a, to an eating establishment here in Provo. It's a place called Station Twenty Two. Why do I love Station Twenty Two? Well, there are a lot of reasons, but Twenty Two reasons. But but one of them is that uh, they and I don't I don't know another place another restaurant sit down restaurant in Utah County that serves poutine. Oh, okay. Yeah. What is poutine, you ask? You may know. But uh, poutine is a truly Canadian concoction. It originated in Quebec in the 50s or 60s. Uh, uh, reports uh, vary on this thing. But uh, poutine is a delicious dish made of French fries, gravy, and cheese curds. Delicious. Okay. And, and it is truly something that uh, once you've tried, you'll want to have over and over again. Last week, I had some Station 22 poutine, by the way. I had a visual representation of poutine that may or may not make it to the screen, but it's, oh, it's so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when I was Rolling a kid, the graphics. and now, now the, the cheese curds part of it is more of an Eastern Canada thing than a Western Canada thing. Um, but I will tell you this, when I was a kid growing up, I had more fries and gravy than I had fries and ketchup. So fries and gravy is a, <laughs> fries and gravy is a thing, all right, north of the border. When you add the cheese curds, you get poutine, and it is a beautiful thing. I'm going to take your advice on this. I love the anthem during that. This is my favorite. And go get that as soon as possible. You really that should. Sounds delicious. And at some yeah, point yeah, in the yeah. show, you know, uh, Ben may get this for you. At some point in the show, we may actually have a picture of poutine for you. Oh. Yeah. Hey, we'll see. It, 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 it may not have happened during our segment, but it may come later. It's a busy show. We'll see. I, I think Ben has the power. Yeah. <laughs> he does have the power. Will yeah. he use it? All right. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Greg, great to have you oh, on the program. Behind the mic quick, oh, yeah, quick note. Yeah, we're back. We got Behind the Mic uh, with Greg Rubel at 6 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Eastern on BYU Radio tonight, Sirius XM 143. Steve Cleveland, Tim Lacombe, Tyler Hawes tonight. Oh, basketball heavy. Nice. BYU basketball centric. Very night. nice. All right. Let's go. Check it out Behind the Mic with Greg Rubel. 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time, as he mentioned, on BYU Radio. Our Twitter question today is, what do you want to see from today's early signing period for BYU football? We have another signee that has just come in officially. His name is Isaac Matua, a linebacker. He's from Kearns, uh, so Jason Shepard is super happy. Another BYU football signing alert. 6-3-205, linebacker, played quarterback, and defense in high school, also ran track and javelin, very athletic, coached by Matt Richards, uh, scored 19 touchdowns uh, as a quarterback as well. So 6'3", 205, uh, another guy that's physically ready uh, for college at 6'3", 205. Yeah, I'm gathering that he will have excellent side-to-side agility because look, he played quarterback look at and that, linebacker. Look at that linebacker run, man. I like that, man. I like that. I like that. What would Gruden say about Isaac Matua? I'll tell you what, Dorico, I like Matua, man. That guy can play some football. <laughs> <laughs> He's a football player. I always love that. Uh, yes, correct. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, send in your Twitter responses for the signing day period, hashtag BYUSN. And up next, the return of Jammin' with Juddy. What's Jeff Judkins' favorite memory of his former NBA colleague, Bill Walton? Bill! Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. After a brief hiatus, Jerem, 
We are reunited in Studio B. And it feels so good. We are on demand anytime, anywhere. Men's Hoops plays Idaho State, 9 Eastern time tomorrow on BYU TV, BYU Radio. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. BYU TV did a game in 08, maybe 07 up at Holt Arena. It was fun. I was a young student sideline reporter. It was wild, man. Bocatello, man. I tell you what, Tariko. <laughs> I love me some Southern Idaho, man. Jason <laughs> <laughs> Hill was like 13 <laughs> the time. Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It is early signing day for the first time ever in college football. Six different names have officially entered the BYU football family, starting with three offensive linemen, Harris Lachance out of Harriman, Utah, Tyson Lewis from Ogden, Utah, and Weber High School, and Jacob Smith. Those are the three big hogs up front. Stacy Connor, a quarterback, Ben Tui Pelotu, Hank's brother, a tight end, and Isaac Matua, the most recent to officially come into BYU football, a linebacker from Kearns, Utah. All right, six guys in. We'll see how many more BYU pulls in over a three-day signing period, by the way. This is a little bit different than the traditional signing period the first Wednesday in February. It's time to jam with Juddy Jerem. Let's dunk. Jeff Judkins back in Studio B, head coach for the BYU women's basketball team, former NBA star. He also starred for that team up north. Juddy, great to have you with us, man. What's up, nice Jeff? To be here. Nice to see you guys. It's great to see you. It's been a long time. Yeah. I'm sure you guys have missed me. Yes. We've missed your musk so much. <laughs> we needed you here. We needed an opportunity to give you some BYU Sports Nation karma. I know. I need it. I really do need it right now. We've, we've had a tough preseason. It's uh, a lot of injuries, a lot of uh, tough games. Um, but I, I think we're going to get through it. Uh, you know, I think my team's learned a lot, and hopefully we'll be able to start playing our best basketball here in the next couple weeks when we start conference. You played Utah and you beat them. And and Cassie Tavajere had thirty six yeah. points or something crazy. Yeah. Then you went and played Cal. Not the, quite the same result. Um, what kind of differences did you see in those two games? Well, I think first of all, we we shot the ball a lot better at home, and we had a lot more energy, and we seemed to do a better job of finishing plays and getting to the foul line. We got to California, and we just kind of we just weren't really sharp. You know, we missed a lot of open looks early. Um, and we started very poorly, and then we fought ourselves back right before the half, and then we give them six baskets or six points that could have really, really hurt us. And, um, you know, we just have to start better, do a better job of uh, not getting ourselves in the hole so much. I think that's what's hurt us a little bit. You've got Montana State coming up before uh, league play opens up in Portland, and Jerem will be there. In fact, I think Jerem wants to directly give you the BYU Sports Nation karma in Portland. Well, I want more than that. I want to bring a suit, and I want to, I want to be on the, the bench <laughs> and keeping fouls or whatever. And during the timeout, you know, we huddle up, and I'm That's like, right. hey, let's run this. Jenny, get in there. Let's go. That's what I want. Yeah, you'll see what a real coach does. <laughs> Um, that'd be great. If you want to do it, we'd love to have you. That's, you oh, know, well, uh, now I got a pack of suit. I'll do it. You know, well, you can, you know, you can wear, you know, you wear a, a shirt and tie. Shirt and tie well. would be acceptable. That's acceptable. Yeah, okay. Acceptable. You get to hang out on the bench in Portland. Yeah, you could man. do that and maybe, uh, news to my wife. She's like, I thought we were going to sit together. And not anymore. I got some coaching. Yeah, to do. That's right. You got some Then I can put coaching. it on my, my, uh, resume. I coached in a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> 
Give me the grunt work. I'll, water bottle, okay. fouls, right. whatever. I, I, I got to figure out. I'll do it. I might put you in charge of the board, maybe. Yes, the board. <laughs> yes. Yes. The benches. Yeah. I love it yeah. so much. Yes, at the timeout, you're, you're the guy I'm, running I'm out like the little stools. Yeah. Yeah, oh, it, man. You're going to do it. That's right. <laughs> Uh, coach, good luck with that. Yeah, I know. It'll be fun. <laughs> Sorry, really... I sidetracked this no, entire it'll thing. It'll be fun. Speaking of sidetracked, uh, Bill Walton, your old teammate, was on the call Saturday night. He was night. awesome. Did you see it? Did you oh, get yeah. to hear his commentary? Yeah. What did you I, think? I, you know, a lot of people get very irritated with him, but the way I look at it is he really does a great job of representing the university. He says a lot of things about the university that other commentators don't say. Oh, he's a historian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, you know, he – you could tell he was pretty – he felt like he got a really – he was treated well here. You could tell the way the comments that he made. But people don't realize how good a player he was. I mean, that's the first thing my kid said Sunday at dinner. They go, what's wrong with this guy? I mean, he's – he I said, do you understand how good a player he was? And they go, no. And I go, if he wouldn't have been injured, he would have been one of the greatest. And uh, But he's he's a good guy. And I, I you could tell he really likes BYU basketball and – um, you know, he, he, he enjoys his job. You got to give him credit for that. I mean, he, he's, he needs to get his facts a little bit better. I had a couple of people say some of the facts were wrong, but, <laughs> but, uh, but, but, you know, for me, he's, he's kind of fun, fun to listen to. Now that's Roland Minson basketball. There's <laughs> 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 some good pictures, good, good shots of you in the game. Hey. Hey, I mean, you know, you're getting that karma, aren't you? Uh, absolutely, man. <laughs> Closer to the courts, but Absolutely. Okay, uh, we'll finish with this, Juddy. Right now, with your team, what is the best thing that you do and what is the biggest concern? Juxtapose those for us. The best thing that we do is, I would say, shooting. We've been shooting at very high percentage until last Saturday. Um, but I think that's been one of our strengths. I think our weakness right now is – we just don't have a lot of inside presence. We're not scoring inside like we need to. And part of it is, you know, Chalet is, has been really trying, and we've been kind of short on, on inside players, and so she hasn't been able to be as, uh, as aggressive as we really like. Um, I think, I think we'll, we'll see a change in her in this conference. She'll be a lot better that way. And now we have Sarah back, and now we have a little bit more depth in the, at the five, and hopefully we can, we can take care of business. All right. Best of luck to you, Coach, as uh, you continue on the basketball floor uh, with BYU Women's Basketball as Jeff Judkins uh, joins us in studio. I think Bill Walton would say the greatest player ever to come out of the University of Utah. 61 years young, unbelievable (laughs) jump shot, and even better hair, Jeff Judkins. (laughs) That is him, man. That's right. That would be Billy. Up next on BYU Sports Nation. The latest signees from BYU Football signing there. And something we've been avoiding at all costs. It's time to face the music. Our BYU Football Predictions Recap. I'm not looking forward to this. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And tonight's uh, show is live. It's live at 6 Eastern. So Coach, it will not be a rebroadcast. Coach Tatake, Ed Lamb, Elias Tuiaka will join us as we break down the signees and the return missionaries. What do you want to see from today's early signing period for BYU football? At Mel Reed and Wright tweets in, Kids who actually want to come to BYU. Kids who are going to leave their heart and soul on the field every week. Oh, and kids who will make the games exciting. 
maybe kids who will make us win too. Please hashtag I want to win. Amen to that. Coming off a four and nine season, Coach Satake trying to uh, pull out a miracle here, early signing period. Uh, if you missed the signees that have officially inked the dotted line, you can download the podcast to hear all of that. Okay. We're just going on the internet. We've been avoiding this uh, at all costs. Our accountability day yeah. for the 2017 BYU football season we, predictions. We thought so much of it that we waited 46 minutes to do it. <laughs> and we will start with. The final record prediction. Let's remind everyone what Jerem's prediction was for 2017. Hold on. Do we have to do this? Jerem, lead us off with your regular season record for the BYU football team. Nine and four. I'm going nine and four. I think BYU is going to have a successful regular season with some notable wins. Nine and four is my regular season projection. So I got it right because I said they'd have nine losses. And they'd have four wins. Four wins. Yeah, right? right? It, because you list, you list losses By successful, first, right? I meant not successful. <laughs> we all missed. What, what person in the cosmos predicted BYU would not go to a bowl game? Among the cosmos? I don't think any to, of the mascots thought this would happen. Go four and nine. Come on. Nobody. ESPN's BP, or BPI, FPI called for ten wins, for crying Spencer, out loud. Spencer, what did you say? Yeah, do we have to do this? I'm going one over that. Ten regular season wins, three losses. Oh, I would love this. You know why? Because there are always a few teams that are not as good as we think that they will be in the preseason. Burn it down in the blue goggles. And that team was BYU that you were talking about. Burn it down, Jerem! <laughs> All right. Tanner Mangum passing yards. Tanner Mangum passing yards. <laughs> Do we have a video for that? I don't even know. No? Hey, yes. I go 3,400 yards passing, okay? And then I'm going 30-plus touchdowns. Whoa! 30. Whoa, okay, I'm so 3,400 yards is... Yeah, that's a good. That's a good solid number. But thirty touchdown passes. Yeah, and these include these individual numbers. These include a bowl game. <laughs> okay, so that will help us out a little bit because we know BYU is going to play in a bowl game. Yes. they get six wins, and they will get. But six you don't wins. want to project the win loss against an unknown opponent. Yeah, but I will do the stats. Those are based on freshman Tanner Mangum. <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> plus he got hurt. So yeah, actually got fifteen forty passing yards. Oh wait, 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 wait. We need to get to our stat of the day, Jeremy. Oh my bad. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Tanner Mangum had uh, 1,540 yards, eight touchdowns, nine picks. It was, uh, it was not good. It was not good. What did oh. you say about Tyler Magnum? Do we really need to continue this? Good grief. All right, roll it out. For me, I'm going to up you in the yards category with Tanner Mangum. 3,600 yards. But I'll put the touchdown mark at 25, which is two more than he has thrown in an individual season. 25-plus touchdown passes for Tanner Mangum, 3,600 yards. 3,600 yards is about 260 a game. With the back half of the schedule, I think Tanner's going to average over 300 yards a game in those back six. Average 300 would be awesome. That will help. In those back six, yeah, I think that's very, very doable. Everybody is giggling at my expense right now. I'm not, because I was close to being as bad. I'm disgusted. Good grief. I'm disgusted by BYU's offense. Did we get anything right? You know what was more off than us? The offense itself. Did we get anything right? <laughs> I don't know, perhaps the leading rusher? Jerem, who'd you call to be the leading rusher for BYU? 
Ula Tolotel will lead the team with 623 yards, exactly, <laughs> rushing. 623 yards. Which will be a lowish number, but I think that BYU will go by committee. Like, Yeah, they went by committee. <laughs> they, they did. Hey. I didn't anticipate uh, everything with Ula. I hope that he's back and better than ever next season. Yeah, was this just you calling out what he will do next season? No, I thought he'd run for 623. He didn't play much at the beginning of the year, and then he didn't play at all at the end of the year. Hey, I, I think I actually got one right, Jerem. You did? I actually got one right. Got here, one right. We, here we go. Here we go. Squally Canada is the leading rusher for BYU football this year, 700-plus yards, okay. which averages out to 50 a game. I think Squally Canada can average 50 yards rushing a game, and he will be the guy. Cha-ching! Oh, got one, 710. 7-10 for Squally Canada, the leading nice. rusher. I got one right! Nice. You got both right, too. You, there are two elements to this. There's person and there's amount. So nice job. Hey, thank you. Okay, leading receiver. What did I say? That Bushman, 807 yards receiving, will lead the way for Brigham. As a freshman? Yeah. If he's 807, he's freshman All-American. Yeah, sure. Wow. Put it in Sharpie pencil. <laughs> the eyebrow race says it all from Jerem's face. The guy with Matt Bushman, uh, the, his total yardage was uh, lower at 520. But still, I thought that – and Matt Bushman was a freshman but All-American. But is a freshman All-American. Okay, but what did you say? No. Talon Shumway, my leading receiver for BYU. You love those Lone Peak guys. Guy never drops passes. He too. I think 700 is the number. For the leading rusher, Squally Canada, and the leading receiver, Talon Shumway, both averaging 50 a game in their respective categories. Yeah, Talon Shumway was one of uh, 178 players injured this season for BYU football. That's a lot. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Hey, well, congratulations. You got Matt Bushman. I got Squally Canada. Although, I did call Squally and 700-plus yards. And he went no, for no, you got it, dude. You got it. <laughs> Do we want to address tackles? Oh, this might be the worst one of all. No, the wins was worse. That's true. Butch Pau, 104 tackles. I'm going very obscure with my numbers just for fun. This is not new to you. You've, you've done this before. I get bored with this Several round times. hole numbers. Give me something interesting. But- yeah, Butch Powell didn't really bring it as much this year. Uh, the leading uh, tech- He missed a bunch of games. Yeah, and you said Butch Powell won 10. So Fred Warner was the leader with 87. I didn't think Fred Warner would be the leading tackler. He was. Two years in a row, right? Fred Warner leading tackler for BYU. Is that correct? Yes, because Butch Powell was injured a little bit and didn't lead the team the year before, I believe. <sighs> Way to bring it, Fred, man. There you go. Federico was the man for BYU tackling those who carried the football. Uh, okay, we have... What a great segment we just had. Yeah. Energy's super <laughs> high right now. We're all happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get, to, uh, let's get to something positive here. Yes, a new BYU football signee, in fact, and his name is Campbell Barrington. Joining the offensive line, 6'6", 280 pounds out of Spokane, Washington. Another three-star guy, according to Rivals, Scout, ESPN, 247 Sports. ESPN rated him the number 11 overall player in the state of Washington, and it's a familiar name, Jerem. It sounds like a formal name. Campbell Barrington, yes. Uh, Recruited by Stanford as an offensive lineman. Uh, I like that a lot. So another, like you said, tall, lean guy that could play tackle for BYU. Four offensive linemen, correct? Four. Four And more to come. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com. 
for help when you need it most. Thank you to today's guests, Greg Rebell and Jeff Judkins. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's move it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Today's signees on early football signing day Harris Lachance, offensive lineman, Tyson Lewis, offensive lineman, Stacey Connor, quarterback, Ben Tui Pelotu, tight end, Jacob Smith, offensive lineman, Isaac Matua, linebacker, and Campbell Barrington, offensive lineman. Four O linemen so far. Stay yes. with BYU Sports Nation throughout the day for the latest. We will be live at 6 Eastern with Kalani Stake, Les Tuiaki, Ed Lamb to discuss all the signees and the return missionary. I love it. The brothers Tui Pelotu and the brothers Barrington. <laughs> Men's basketball. Host Idaho State. Don't sleep on them. Tomorrow, 9 Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Jimmer. Burnett, bit under the weather, had a cold, yet managed 23 points, five boards, and a Shanghai Sharks loss in China. Cougars in the association. Dang straight, Kyle Collinsworth could be on the active roster for the Dallas Mavericks tonight. They hosted the Detroit Pistons. Collinsworth signed a two-way contract. With the Mavericks yesterday. We've been playing that Cougars in the Association, and I've said sort of because he was in the G League. No, it's ne- no it's, it applies. It is real. Yes. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health. If you need the most, DexterLaw.com. Goes to all the signees, the return missionaries who are coming to BYU. Obviously, we work BYU, but this is an amazing place. Welcome to the family. You're going to love it here. What do you want to see from today's early signing period for BYU at Passeron B with this tweet? Some flips back to the Y. Commitments stay committed. Quarterbacks and running backs, we are after commit. Wait, what What does that even mean? To the Big- Y. Ah, yes. Big, fast, talented uglies. <laughs> Some of these guys are better looking, you know, than normal, so that's good. But, are like, the uglier, the better offensive lineman? Is that a, is that a thing? Like, I don't know. We had to look at it. At Shea Lawrence C. with our elite tweet of the day. We need a punter. How do you replace Johnny Linehan? Need someone who will keep opposing special teams honest on fourth and 19. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah late yellow while. card. You know what? Late Sorry. yellow nope. card. That's oh, Jer- just straight red, red, you're out. Red, we don't that, tolerate okay. that. Hey. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Show on demand, BYUSN.com. Our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Hema Hemuli yeah. and Brent Robinson. BYU Sports Nation live tonight, 6 Eastern. With Kalani Satake, Ed Lamb, and Coach Tuiaki to recap the early signing day. Yeah, baby! Brent Harrington Campbell.